You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Welcome to Affected by Altitude, your one-stop shop for all of the weekly Rockies updates, news, and conjecture by three of your favorite Purple Row staffers. As always, my name is Mac Wilcox. That'll never change as far as I know. And uh, as uh, I have been in the past, I am joined with my two associates, Skylar Timmons. My name may change to Skylar World Peace. (laughs) That's an amazing, what a great name too, Skylar World Peace. Put that in a billboard. And Evan Lang. Uh, sorry, now it's the podcaster formerly known as Evan there Lang. Is. There it is. So uh, understand that our names will be changing here shortly, so make sure you follow us along at the new Twitter accounts we'll probably be creating after this, I'm sure. Uh, this is Affected by Altitude, the Major League Podcast, hosted by Purple Row, the Rockies affiliation of SB Nation. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Very happy to be bringing you the podcast here this week as we record on Friday the 23rd. Rock's getting ready to start a road trip against the L.A. Dodgers. So by the time you have heard this podcast being released, we will know how that went and we can all cry together. But in the meantime, it's all sunshine and rainbows here in blazing hot Colorado. And the best way to beat the heat is with icebreakers. You like that segue? That's professionalism, folks. So, as always, we start our show off a little icebreaker, so the one this week, and uh, if you guys are listening online, I'd love for y'all to let us know what your answer to this question would be. I'll start with Evan. You're a Major League player. You finally made it to the show. You're taking your first at-bat at Coors Field. What is your walk-up song? So, this one is contingent on something, is the team that I am playing for wearing pinstripes at home. If yes, then the song is going to be Mr. Pinstripe Suit by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. That's amazing. And if not, then there's a couple. Uh, I think Natural by Imagine Dragons is really good. Uh, Also a big fan of uh, Invincible. Who's that by? Skillet. Mm -hmm. And then if I was a pitcher, my walk-in song would be Destiny by NF. Oh, that's a deep cut. I like that. Can you tell I put way too much thought no, into this? No, it's no such thing. I think it's great. <laughs> I love I love theme of walk up songs. The uh, Rockies have like a very wide variety of different tunes, so anything goes, man. Anything y'all can think of. Good picks, good picks, Skyler. So yeah, I, I think about this a lot too. Uh, <laughs> in high school, I had the opportunity to be able to actually like work in the walk up songs and get that practice, mm-hmm. and so I've had a couple. Even just throughout high school, there was Satellite by Rise Against. Mm. I always liked that one. I heard that one on a Rockies broadcast once, and so that's why I picked nice. it. Uh, or things like ACDC, anything ACDC, but primarily Thunderstruck would be something I had. Like, haven't talked about if I was coming into pitch, I just need something like some nice heavy metal or you know, just some good rock, rock and roll to get the the place going. If I was coming in to close out a baseball I game. Like it. Uh, I've had some other ones. I had Machine Gun Blues by Social Distortion. That was always a good one. Uh, get me some ska punk in there with Less Than Jake. 
that's always good stuff. Less than Jake, uh, man. Bring me back now. Some good stuff. Yeah, it is. I was I was raised on '90s ska and like early 2000s ska because of my oldest brother. So, well, that's a lot of my repertoire. Sure. I had I had Let It Go from Frozen my senior year because I let a girl that I liked pick it. Oh, that's a babyface move. This guy's got a big heart. I like that. Hey, it, it it that song played when I hit a game-winning RBI triple. So that's amazing. <laughs> it, it paid off. That's incredible. And then and then probably one of the most obscure walk-up songs because I imagine if I was a major league baseball player, I'd pick something obscure like this. Where I picked Lobster Bucket by the Aquabats. Wow. Just because there's a li- there's a line that says when you're up at bat, your friends will be your biggest fans. And so That's the fun part of nice running a song. major league podcast, man. Sometimes we talk about baseball and ER the uh, Aquabats. A little bit of everything here affected by altitude. <laughs> that's a great that's a great reference, man. I like it. Um I've never even heard of the Aquabats. Oh, check it out. They are wild. Skyler will indoctrinate you into the Aquabat culture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, I, I think those are all great picks, especially Rise Against. Man. That takes me back to my uh, angsty teenage days, man. Um, for me, it'd probably be something like uh, Welcome Home by Coheed and Cambria. That's my favorite band of all time. Or if not that, maybe something by Brass Tracks. They're this like R&B jazz group. They're amazing. Maybe something like Those Who Know or something like that. I'm, I'm boring. Just something fun I can, I can vibe to. I want to pitch and I want to hit the way Pete Alonzo was vibing out during the home run derby, just totally free and easy. You know, I think that would be uh, something I could get behind. Thank you both. Appreciate that. Uh, before we get into everything, just a quick little plug from our friend Evan here quickly. So we do the icebreaker. We post it on the Affected by Altitude Twitter account every Tuesday. So if you would like to play along at home, for that, you can go to at Altitude Effect. You can also answer our icebreaker questions in the comments on the Purple Row post. Dang. And please do, man. We want to hear what you guys want to come up to as a Major League player. Are you guys thinking more rock? Are you trying to get the fans jumping? Or are you just trying to kind of vibe out like I am? Or are you trying to be an Aquabat like Skyler? What is, uh, what's your brain go-to when you think of yourself as a Major League player? Let us know on Twitter. But... With the icebreaker done, it's time to get into our Rockies news. And there is a fair amount, actually, uh, coming off of a up-and-down week, as we you know, so often are used to with these Rockies. We had some returns from a couple players. We got Austin Gomber officially back in the rotation. Solid first start back. He looks pretty good, having good command of his pitches. His curveball looks like it's moving well. And then we also saw the return of fan favorite Connor Joe. His... Uh, He's been brought back up to the big league level. Very cool. Just recently hit his first career home run. Very cool story surrounding that. So uh, just a general check-in with both of you guys. Scott, starting with Skyler first, you happy to see Gomber back? What is his role going forward? And then if we're going to talk about roles, where does Connor Joe fit in now? Is this a stopgap uh, while Chris Owings is, is back on the IL? Or is Connor Joe set to stay the rest of the season? So we'll start with Skyler. So I'll focus on Gomber here because you know, Gomber has been a nice, pleasant surprise all season, you know, being that headliner in the Nolan Arenado trade. And you know, speaking to his role, I think it's just going to continue being that solid piece in the rotation, a solid starter that will go out there, give you a solid five, six, seven innings, and then hand it off to the bullpen and keep you in a ball game. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he, he gave up 
like the three hits or so that he gave up against the Mariners, all of them were solo home runs. But as the old adage goes, solo home runs don't kill you. And so he's just been phenomenal all season. It was good to get him back. Uh, no, Chichi Gonzalez kind of struggled a bit in the kind of the spot starts that he's had. And so it's just nice to get that piece back, that solid piece that kind of helps boost your rotation and gives you better chances to, to win ball games, especially at home. Cause he's got that sub two ERA at home. Uh, and so it's, it's nice to have another guy who's just another dominant pitcher at Coors field. Uh, unfortunately it's a different story on the road. He's got that five Oh six ERA, right. but a really good starter, and I I look forward to seeing more of that role from him of just being that solid piece, you know, old reliable to come in, throw a good ball game, give you a chance to win, and you know it's been enjoyable to have Gomber, and you know, for whatever the Arenado trade was, he's been a nice a nice surprise and a nice gift that we've been able to enjoy this season, and I just look forward to see what he continues to do. I'll let Evan talk more about Connor Joe and all that stuff, sure. but. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's also good to see Connor Joe and just his whole story and everything. It's just good to see him. And I enjoy seeing his success and everything that he's gone through. It's just that nice feel good story. Uh, and hopefully the Rockies figure out something to do with him, either keeping him with the team or if he finds success somewhere else in the future, but good to see Joe back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Evan, what you got? Uh, so I do want to touch on Austin Gomber really quick. Um, for coming off of the injured list, he pitched really, really well. Six mm-hmm. innings, uh, only three hits, and all three of those hits were solo home runs. And two of those three were some of the only mistakes he made where he wasn't really hitting his spots. The first two solo home runs he gave up were just absolute meatballs where he missed his spots. And the other one, uh, Mitch Haniger had to reach for and hit it out of the park. But... That's still a quality start, and something that I want to tell you all is that Austin Gomber had not allowed a home run at Coors Field since April 21st against the Astros. That is how good he's been at Coors Field, and having him back is, I think, going to be really important going forward just for the overall groove of the rotation. Uh, Joel Milholm over at Purple Row, one of our fellow writers, had an article today in her Friday Rock Pile going over some of the numbers that if we had not lost Kyle Freeland and Austin Gomber for a significant time due to injury, we could honestly have a lot more wins just because we wouldn't have been having to rely on things like spot starts and having to go to the bullpen as earlier. Sure. And I definitely recommend y'all check out that article. But Gomber, I think, is definitely going to be our major rotation piece going forward and there's no doubt about that especially if he can you know mix it back into how he was before the injury where he's going seven or eight innings and you know pitching a lot of shutout ball that's exactly what we need for the future of this organization is you know the continued dominance of our rotation as for connor joe connor joe i'm so happy to have back he was absolutely crushing it down in Albuquerque he was turning the cover off the ball hitting a lot of home runs he was hitting over 300 for the month of July so far and they he was pulled from the game the Albuquerque Isotopes game the day before he came back up for the Rockies and we were all a little worried that maybe a trade had happened or something was going on because he left the middle of his minor league game with all his stuff and was getting hugs from his buds Uh, and then it's announced he's being brought up to the main roster which 
honestly, Connor Joe is deserving right now of a lot more playing time than he's actually getting. He, on his uh, first game back, he hit his first major league home run. He had a double. He had a very good assist in left field. Yeah. He's got decent positional versatility. He can play both corner out, corner outfield spots, and he's a first baseman. And he's so much more deserving of continued playing time than a guy like Matt Adams, who is just really, really not contributing right now. He's only got two RBIs, he has one extra base hit, and he's hitting 171. And this is a guy that's supposed to be an RBI and power threat, but it's just not happening. Versus, I'd, And he's 32, versus I'd much rather have Connor Joe taking those at-bats on a more regular basis because Matt Adams, the person is great. I have no issues with, but Matt Adams, Matt Adams, the ball player right now just seems really, really washed. And it's frustrating that the Rockies keep giving him continued opportunities when he's blocking people like Connor Joe Mm -hmm. and could eventually be blocking people like Colton Welker or Ryan Valade or even Greg Bird, who's, done pretty okay down in Albuquerque this year and I would rather see getting at bats than Matt Adams but Connor Joe definitely is um, a guy that I want on this big league team same with Alan Trejo I hope Alan Trejo comes back soon because he's my boy but I think Joe's going to be with us for a while I honestly do not think Chris Owings is coming back this season I would like to touch a little bit on the Chris Owings injury so Chris Owings was put on the 10 day IL with a mallet finger to the left thumb uh, mallet finger is an impact injury, usually from taking a ball or something on that thumb, and it causes uh, deformation because you've damaged the uh, extensor tendon. Evan had to explain on Twitter what that was because I had no clue what mallet finger was at all. I had never heard that before. <laughs> oh, his the thumb just that... turned into a hand. Yeah, I was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> the thing that worries me about it is this is the same thumb that Owings was on the 60-day IL for and had surgically corrected. And if the damage is anywhere as severe as it was the first time around, especially because it's already been surgically corrected, I do not think we see Chris Owings again this year. Mm. Who knows, honestly? There's still months left in the season, but that's just sort of my gut feeling right now is that we're probably not going to see Chris Owings again. Yeah. I think that's a good breakdown. I think you're right. You both mentioned that Connor Joe is very deserving this opportunity, and I think that you guys are totally right. His home run, his first career home run coming um, one year to the day after he officially was declared cancer-free. It's an awesome story. Uh, it's great seeing him in this position. The fans are taking to him. You know, you hear those, Joe, 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 Joe. Joe. That's You love seeing stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think that you guys nailed it. The Gomber thing, yeah, he'll he'll stick around. He's been a very solid innings eater for the Rockies, having a very nice season at home. We'll see if he continues to kind of take those steps and cut down on the walks and keep maturing. To your last point, Evan, about Alan Trejo, let's lead into our next one. It's entirely possible we might see some Alan Trejo if things happen where Trevor's story does get moved. We talked a little bit about this last week, so we won't spend as much time on it. Um, you know, we're just waiting for a potential trade to happen. There have been a lot of talks with the Yankees, a lot of rumors revolving around the uh, New York Yankees and their potential move to go get uh, Trevor Story to play shortstop for them. It includes some top 10 prospects or, or top 15 prospects in their organization. 
uh, as well as outfielder Clint Frazier, possibly. What do you guys think? This is just the most recent and probably the loudest rumor recently. Do you like that move? Are you okay with that return? Evan, I'll toss to you first because you had a really nice uh, breakdown of those prospects mentioned in the deal. Are you okay with that kind of return for Trevor Story? Is it too little? What are you looking at? I think it's probably less than you would hope for, but with the amount of the lo- amount of leverage that the Rockies have, which is not much, and the kind of things that you're going for, I think the return that's being rumored right now is honestly pretty good. So it was reported yesterday uh, that potentially the Rockies are asking for Yankees number 11 overall prospect shortstop Anthony Volpe and number 12 prospect outfielder Kevin Alcantara along with uh, outfielder Clint Frazier in return for Trevor Story. I am really, really high on Anthony Volpe. Volpe is 20 years old. He's playing in high A for Hudson Valley with the Yankees right now. He was their first round pick in 2019. He's got loads of plus tools, plus hit, plus run, plus field, plus arm. The only really part where he comes up lacking is power, but he's got a really disciplined bat, and he's a good, strong hitter where he's good at getting line drives into the gap. He's got a tight right-handed swing. And if his um, bat speed develops, he can be more of a home run threat. But his main thing is getting on base, and he's a really smart base runner where he can maybe stretch an extra base or he can get a stolen base in there. Plus, he's a very good fielder at shortstop. This is definitely the guy I would target. So the Yankees have a uh, shortstop prospect in their top five, and... I, there's no way that we're going to get him. That would be uh, Oswald Peraza. But Anthony Volpe is really good, and I would definitely like for him to be part of the return. Kevin Alcantara um, also has a bunch of plus tools. He's got uh, plus hit. He's got plus plus run. He's got plus fielding. He's got plus power. He's a pretty solid five-tool guy. He's only 19 years old, and he's still playing rookie ball for uh, GCL Yankees East. He was, um, pardon me, he was signed from internationally in 2018 by the Yankees uh, out of the Dominican Republic. He is the kind of guy that I would want coming up with outfield prospects, Benny Montgomery and Zach Veen. The uh, MLB Pipeline prospect report sort of says that he's built like a young Dexter Fowler, Mm. and as he fills out, he's going to get more power in his already above average power he is also very fast which means he'd be good for center field which is something the Rockies have always struggled with I like both of those prospects yeah, a lot totally the the one I'm not sold on is Clint Frazier just because he hasn't been that good he has a lengthy injury history and his development's not gone so well because the Yankees have done a similar thing that the Rockies did with some of their guys, where he's just constantly up and down and all over the place. So I'm not sure about that. Another thing that I would like to target if we're trading story to the Yankees is a catching prospect. So we have Willie McIver and Drew Romo, but outside of that, we don't really have a ton of memorable catching prospects in the system, which are kind of at a premium right now in the league. But the Yankees have a surplus 
of catching prospects. They have four catching prospects in their top 30. And there's two that I would target, which is number 19, Josh Breo, or number 22, Anthony Siegler. Mm. Both of whom have interesting skill sets. Siegler is probably the one we'd be more likely to get, just because he's not as high up as Josh Breo. But he is a switch hitter taken in the um, 2018 draft in the first round who's got really solid hitting, fielding, and arm talent. Uh, his running is better than most catchers. He's very athletic and uh, has great agility behind the plate. So he is someone I'd want to look at versus um, Josh Brio is more of your prototypical power catcher. Um, 55 rated power on MLB pipeline and a 60 arm with 45 fielding. Both of those guys are folks that I would want to target if we were asking for a catching prospect from the Yankees. But either way, if what we got was Anthony Volpe and Kevin Alcantara, I think that is more than enough of a return for two to three months of the Yankees having Trevor Story because I'd much rather get some quality prospects than have Trevor Story walk and get nothing. That is a breakdown, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? That's a pretty awesome uh, breakdown of that whole situation. Love it, Evan. Thank you for that, man. That's that's fantastic. Skyler, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, just going back to the thing about Clint Frazier, because uh, like I'm good with you know, getting top prospects from an organization – no, we're not going to get you getting anybody's like top sure. three, but anything is good to get in return. But it's just that major league outfielder piece in Clint Frazier uh, that's in that proposed deal that I, it just doesn't right. make sense to me because the Rockies system is already jammed full of guys who are ready to come and play outfield. And there's no reason to throw another guy into that mix who could be taking away playing time from you know, Ryan Vallade, Sam Hilliard. You know, some of these other guys that are coming up. You know, and part of me wonders if it's part of the, like I mentioned in our Purple Rose Slack uh, channel, that if we're in the darkest timeline that Charlie Blackman's also getting traded yeah. because they're they're afraid of the 20 million player option he has for next season. Yeah. And however, mon- however much money the year after for that other right. player option, if it's, you no, know, they want to trade off Charlie Blackman so they can – just have a piece to replace him for the rest of the season or no, who knows? I don't see him trading Charlie Blackman, but no, I wonder if it's that darkest timeline, worst case scenario type thing. Well, and it's a good thing to mention too, that player options, a huge deal. Yeah. And Charlie Blackman, maybe he bites the bullet and he retires after Mm. this season. Uh, but I don't see him walking away from 20 million, but, uh, but it, it does things to think about even those, other moves of oh, what other moves may, might be in play that would cause them to, oh, we got to pull in this outfield piece with a couple more years of control that's been in the big leagues already, and we can plug him into the outfield. No, but like we are talking about, the system's already log-jammed enough, and the Rockies need to commit to yeah. that full rebuild and start letting some of these guys from the minor leagues come up and start playing totally. the outfield. My thought on that is that 
something the Rockies might also be thinking about with Clint Frazier is the likely move to universal designated oh, hitter good point. next mm-hmm. season, Great point. which yeah. is where Charlie Blackman could potentially be moved to, yep. and that would open up right field. Um, though that still leaves some folks like Ryan Verlade out in the cold. Another possibility is that they could be looking into trading Rymel Tapia to avoid paying him that much in arbitration. I don't think it's going to be a Charlie Blackman trade necessarily. I'm not sure Charlie, unfortunately, has been playing as lights out like he usually does to warrant a team trading for him at this point, especially when he's got those player options. But I also think that the Rockies would be foolish to trade Charlie Blackman because even if they're saying they're not rebuilding, we clearly are. And having him be the elder statesman of the team would be, you know, one of the reasons for people to still come and watch the Rockies because people love Charlie Blackman. He is their most marketable player. But that's just my thought of the Rockies might be thinking of, well, next year, Universal DH, move Charlie to DH, and then we have an outfield spot open up. Yeah. I I wanted to ask this one question to both of you, too, about that rumor of putting Trevor Story in center field. Teams, Or was that like that report that's like at least one team talked about putting him in center field? And like any thoughts that you guys had on that 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 bizarre idea? That is one of the most ridiculous things I've heard in a long time. I don't doubt that Trevor could do it. I think that Trevor Story is a great athlete, but it makes no sense to me. That seems like a trade where you just want to make a trade without really having a good idea. You know what I mean? Like Trevor Story is like pretty much not I don't want to say inarguably, but he's what? Top 3 shortstop in Major League Baseball, right? Maybe Trey Turner's in the conversation, maybe Francisco yeah. Lindor's in the conversation. Uh, you know, there's a couple other guys out there, but Trevor Story is certainly top 5. Why would anyone want to take Yeah, Trevor Story is a defensively yeah. excellent shortstop. Yeah. And moving them to a different position doesn't always work. I will admit that Story has the speed, range, and arm to exactly. play center field, but you can't guarantee exactly. that that's going to work. No, I think that I think that there's a lot of rumors that come up from these things. I'll believe that one when I see it. I think there's a lot of wacky stuff that comes out, but Trevor Story in center field, I mean, look, man, I'm a pro wrestler. I've seen a lot of goofy stuff in my life, but that's that one I'm not going to wait on. <laughs> well, it's like if it – you just can't trade somebody mid-season and then say, hey, go play this position exactly. you've never played you know, on our championship-winning team. Like, you don't do that. You do that in the offseason so he has time to exactly. prepare for that. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, shoot. Uh, maybe, you know, Ian Desmond can tell you how that goes. All right. Anyway, love you, Ian. No hate to him. Ian Desmond's a great guy. No worries. Let's take a quick ad break. Uh, we got a little bit more Rockies news after this. We're going to talk about all these trades around the MLB. We're going to talk about one of the new teams added to MLB. Or is it a new team? Is it a new idea of what a team is? I don't know. Let's talk about it. And then we're also going to talk about the Olympics and the worldwide gathering of baseball players in an Olympic setting. So lots to get into. Stay with us through the break. Catch in just a minute. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. Thank you so much for sticking with us through that ad break. During that ad break, the Burlington Sock Puppets liked my tweet, so we're having a great time here today <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, we're going to jump right back into some Rockies news. Very recently uh, moved by the Rockies, actually, like while we were recording this podcast, moved by the Rockies. They are bringing back old friend catcher Dustin Garneau, officially re-signed with the Rockies organization. A corresponding move made, Evan, keep me honest with pronunciation here, they went ahead and released um, Brinsenio, is that how I'm saying uh, that? Jose Brinsenio. Thank you, brother, I appreciate that. Just any quick thoughts on the move, Dustin Garneau back in the organization. You like it, you apathetic about it, you don't like it. Evan, where are you at? It's fine. It's a move. Jose Brinsenio is... <laughs> What the? Sorry, so my cat just leapt at me from the side. Um, He's a big Dustin Garneau guy. I don't know if I'm gonna if I'll cut this out in the final cut, but I was pulling up the yeah, Jose we'll Brisenio stat list, and my cat all of a sudden is like jumping up at my side while I'm sitting in my chair. He's just all geeked at the idea of seeing catching stats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you guys didn't know, he edits the podcast like, yeah. as well. Yeah, he does. He's a great job at it. Too. Uh, so Brisenio is. Fine. He's not been amazing. He's hitting 212 this year with five home runs in 99 at bats. The main thing about Dustin Garneau, I suppose, that I like is that he's got. He's much more experienced than when we last had him with us. So he was on the big yes. league club with us in 2017. And since then, he's been mostly with Oakland, Los Angeles, and in 2020, he spent the season with the Houston Astros. And in none of those seasons was he particularly amazing, but this really is just, it's a depth signing and we could use more mm-hmm. catching depth. And, you know, I like Dustin Garneau. I'm totally fine with him coming back. I'm not super upset about losing Jose Brisenio either. And Dustin Garneau only has two seasons with a negative war in his entire professional career so far. Granted, it's a, relatively small sample size he's only played 140 games in his career going back to 2015 but you know still i have i have no issues with it it's a minor league depth signing it's one of those things where there really is no bad there's no such thing as a bad minor league sign minor league signing unless they make it to right. the major leagues and become a thorn in my side like matt adams <laughs> Dig it. So it's fine. Skyler, anything else? Is it fine to you? Yeah, pretty much. Good. I think the thing that will help is I think it's some, somebody was talking about how that uh, Garneau will be a pretty good just influence there on the pitchers there as well and just helping them because he's also, you know, he was really successful in Albuquerque during his uh, time there in the Rockies organization. So Having that experience there, you can come back. Hopefully, catch some, catch some lightning in a bottle, regain some mojo, and maybe come back, contribute, but at least also there help some of those younger hitters. Also help some of those pitchers uh, getting used sure. to pitching at a higher altitude and just trying to wrangle them, wrangle them in. Maybe you can help out Ryan Castellani, help out Derek Rodriguez, because yeah. uh, those are two guys that have really struggled in Albuquerque, and so maybe having that other kind of more veteran presence who's had some success on really good pitching teams 
maybe he can come share that knowledge with them and and help them out. Kind of like Jonathan Mucroy did with the Rockies when we traded for him yeah. back in 2018. Yeah. Some maybe along those lines to help those minor league guys. Dig it. Well, we'll see if uh, Garneau does end up making the big league squad here. Um, maybe September, you never know. And then our last little bit of Rockies news. Uh, we talked a lot about trade um, opportunities a little bit ago. Talked a lot about potential Trevor Story move. The other big name for the Rockies is John Gray. I do want to ask a little bit different question this time. We can talk about John Gray trade speculation. We did that a little bit last week. I want to shift gears and ask you guys, now that John Gray has officially taken sole possession of second place in their all-time, the Rockies' all-time strikeout leaders behind only Ubaldo. Is John Gray, and, and and that's only one stat, right? He's also been a great pitcher at Coors Field. He has, you know, many games of carving up teams like the Padres, the likes of which we haven't seen. His 16 strikeout game was his first ever complete game. In your mind, Skyler first, is John Gray a top five pitcher for the Rockies in their history, uh, I, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for specifically those reasons you say, if you're look, if you look even just strictly at his stats, yes, like uh-huh. he's among the top leaders. He's one of the best strikeout pitchers for the Rockies. Uh, there's just a lot of these other successful things. The thing that always stands out to me with John Gray is that we've seen the high of highs and the low of lows when it comes mm-hmm. to him. Uh, it, and that's the same with any Rockies pitcher. And I think at the end of the day, what he can be best known for is being part of those, being one of the Rockies' first pitchers that really helped start the movement of learning what pitchers work at Coors Field and how the Rockies have figured out pitching at Coors Field, specifically with their starters. And I think John Gray and like Armand Marquez, those two guys are really at the forefront of helping lead that charge along with Kyle Freeland. And so those three really helped you know, cement themselves of what it means to pitch at Coors Field. And I think because of that, John Gray is the all-time pitcher for the Rockies because he's just put in some great performances and some solid dominant performances in a Rockies uniform. And so yeah. I think at, at the end of the day in hindsight, yeah, he'll, he'll sit in as one of the top five. And who knows, maybe he'll stick around after the season and continue building on that legacy and really cement himself yeah. and maybe even overcome guys like Ubaldo and uh, Jorge De La Rosa and you know, even Aaron Cook, Jeff Francis, some of these notable names yeah. in our history. I would love to see that. It would be awesome to see him really etch his name into that like upper, upper, upper echelon. Evan, same opinion, differing opinion, top five pitcher, Mr. John Gray? I am not sure he's there yet, but I think he has the potential to be one of the best pitchers all time in a Rockies uniform. I think him and Herman are both racing for that mountain, that mountaintop to, to reach. And the main reason why I say not yet is just because, like you said, for John Gray, we really have seen for him those highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And even this year, he's had some injury stuff and isn't really getting to, you know, play to the same level that his potential is, though this year he's been excellent. He's been fantastic so far this year, minus like one or two not great starts. He has already reached top 10 in most of the major pitching stats for baseball reference. 
He's number seven overall in pitcher war. He's number seven overall in earned run average, number seven overall in wins, number five in win-loss percentage. He did pass Ubaldo Jimenez for total strikeouts and now is only behind Jorge De La Rosa and Herman. Good fix, my bad. And Herman is uh, gaining on him because, so Ubaldo's mark was 773. John Gray's now got 779, and Herman has 759. And... It's one of the reasons why I really do not want us to lose him because I think he's got that potential to be one of you know the best pitchers in Rockies history, especially because we've seen how he's turned things around. He's toughened up his mental game. He's changed how yeah. his physicality affects the way he pitches, and he knows what works for him and what doesn't. And that's really, really why, you know, even if we trade him, as like a rental this season, I want him in a Rockies uniform next year. I think he's earned that right. And he says that he wants to keep pitching here in Colorado and he pitches well in Colorado. So I don't want to lose that. Yeah. Especially when you, I mean, how rare is it to have guys that really say, yes, I want to pitch at Colorado. (laughs) It could be argued that gray has like the best Colorado pitching acumen of all time right like he's got like you said like de la rosa good fix by the way i i erroneously said ubaldo for the strikeout so good fix on that evan but yeah no i mean it's it is pretty ready you hear pitchers say like i can't wait to pitch at altitude not only does gray want to do so he excels doing it so i think you're exactly right i I would love to see him continue to stay here whether or not that will happen whether or not he does stay is obviously up for grabs but I do. I, I just, my quick take on this, I think he has the stuff to be the GOAT. I think both him and Marquez have the stuff to be the GOAT. If they continue on the paths that they're on, I am very confident that they will both be considered, you know, jockeying for the position of the best pitcher in Colorado Rockies history. Their stuff is disgusting. Yeah, and, and I think the one thing kind of agreed with Evan is, you know, why even John Gray might not even be in that top five Yet, also, is when I think of some of those other top pitchers in Rockies history that we think about, uh, I think John Gray's never quite achieved that ace status, or he's never really lived up to it like we've seen some other guys, like Armand Marquez is right now, where it's sometimes we never know what we're going to get out of John Gray. We're either going to get him just lights out for five, six innings, or he's going to give up eight runs in the first inning. And so yep. sometimes we're not quite sure what we're going to get. And that's kind of been the same for a lot of pitchers. Uh, but in one way or another, a lot of these, I think of like Ubaldo in 2010, where that first half of that season, he was the ace. You knew what you were going to get out of Ubaldo Jimenez every single game. Unhittable. Yeah. Unhittable. To a point where he literally was unhittable. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Good John point. suffers and, from... What a lot of Rockies pitchers suffer from that I like to point out is the trademark one bad inning. One bad inning. Where they will have one bad inning, and the rest of the game they'll be lights out. And Mm -hmm. if he can nip that one bad inning in the bud, he has such potential for greatness in the Rockies pantheon, especially as a homegrown pitcher. Because I'm looking Mm -hmm. at the leaders for BWAR in pitchers, and almost all of these guys are homegrown. With the exception of Jorge De La Rosa, who, you know, the Rockies didn't draft and develop, but he spent so much time with us. But 
the the top ten, you've got Ubaldo, you've got Aaron Cook, you've got Della Rosa, you've got Herman, you've got Jacine, Freeland, Gray, then Steve Reed, Pedro Astacio, and Jeff Francis. And look at that list and then go, well, how many of those guys are homegrown? And I think that really mm-hmm. plays into the philosophy of the Rockies need to homegrow their pitching staff. Because you yep. look at where they're getting and it's working. Like, it's actually working that the later we get into Rockies history and the more we start relying on homegrown starting pitchers, the more they are acclimated to playing at Coors Field, the better they do at Coors Field, the better they do overall. And now we really do have such an excellent rotation. And you're right that John Gray never really did get that marker as ace, which is something that a lot of us really wanted from him in his career so far. But if he's not the ace, that's still okay because we can still rely on him as a major contributor in that rotation. Because it's definitely, Erman is definitely the ace right now. If you had to pick a staff ace, it's Erman. There's no competition just for how he's played this season. But John Gray has been excellent. And he's such a... He's such a strange and entertaining guy, too. The personality he brings to the dugout. His teammate, his teammates really like him. He has a lot of fire in him. Not so much as, say, Kyle Freeland, because Kyle Freeland really is the like emotional leader of the rotation, you can tell. It's probably yeah. how excited he gets. But I just... I really don't want to lose John Gray, and I hope that we can say he's still a Rocky next year. Right now, as we record this podcast, we're about to get into around the MLB, but right now, you have to lose either John Gray or Trevor Story. You lose one, keep the other. Evan? I got to go with Trevor Story. There's no inclination that he intends to be back next year, and you got to get something so for him. you lose him. Story and you keep Gray, Because huh? Gray at least has expressed that he wants to be here versus story has been more of the, oh, you know, whatever happens, happens kind of thing. We've heard nothing about extension talks. There's no evidence that he'll be back next year at all, and you've got to get something for him. Skyler, lose one, keep the other. Who you got? Pitching wins ball games, so, and position players are more often time than not easier to replace on your team, and easier for guys to break out because there are so many more position players. So yeah, stories story would go. I'd keep John Gray and just keep that starting rotation. Uh, yep. Those homegrown pitchers, man, it's hard to lose them. It's hard to build them back up once they do go. Alrighty. So that is all of our Rockies news. Pretty good chunk of uh, information coming from the Rockies this week. As always, with all these trades and everything, keep an eye on the website, purplerow.com. We'll have all the updates and news that we get updated to that site immediately. And always keep an eye on the Twitter account of Purple Row as well. As we continue talking about the major leagues, don't forget about the minor leagues. We mentioned Alan Trejo. We mentioned, you know, Dustin Garneau, some of these other guys. Make sure you check out the Pebble Report uh, by our colleagues, Kenneth Weber and Justin Wick. Great podcast that those who are hosting talk about the Rockies minor league system and all the players that are developing up through that way. So definitely keep your eye on those two spots for some other bits of news around the league. And so we will move on around the league. We have got a couple things to talk about. These are all very interesting little points that have come up today, earlier today, as we got ready to record, we had to add something to our agenda. And that is the renaming 
of Cleveland's baseball team. They are now the Cleveland Guardians. A, um, you know, I don't want to say it's like surprising. I was really convinced they were going to be the Spiders. That might just be my own wishful thinking. I was pretty bought in on Cleveland changing to the Spiders, but they are officially the Cleveland Guardians. We have seen the logo. We've seen the flying G. We have seen some of the um, reactions around the league. So starting with Evan, Cleveland Guardians, you in, you out. What do you think? I like it. I yeah? I was also on Team Cleveland Spiders. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But I really like the Cleveland Guardians. I think the name, you know, it's the same amount of syllables as Indians. Uh, there's pe- been people saying that it doesn't flow off the tongue as well, but it's it's the same amount of syllables. I have no issues with it. That Flying G logo is really good. I like it a lot. Super cool, And right? I like the tie to um, local history with the um, Art Deco Guardians of Traffic statues that are in Cleveland. That's a really, really cool touch. And... Mm-hmm. I suppose my only complaint about it would be that they didn't change up the colors. Like, I think it would have been cool if they changed up the colors, but I think they mm-hmm. didn't want to go too drastically of a change, which, I mean, fine. You see the same thing with the Washington sure. football team where they're keeping the color scheme. Sure. And that's not a huge deal. It's just that I think too many teams in baseball are red and blue, and I'd like to see that's some fair. more unique colors what this reminds me of is in the short-lived xfl reboot the new york guardians who had the black silver and red color scheme and like a gargoyle motif you could have done something cool with that but that is pretty the overall look i think is pretty solid they changed up the block c I think it looks a little bit like a shield. I think that's what they were going for, though I've seen some people who are a little annoyed about, like, they didn't really change much in terms of the typeface in the block C. And I really do think that boils down to they just didn't want to do too drastic a change. I think there's still Mm -hmm. always a chance that they change up some more of the stuff as they go on. And the main goal was just to get the name in so that at the start of the 22... At the start of the 2022 season, they're going to be the Cleveland Guardians. And then after that, if they want to continue rebranding or changing things up, they can. But they can start pushing the name now and get it into people's heads. And, you know, of course there are people who are upset. There were always going to be people who are upset, regardless of what they changed the name to. I like it. I think it works. I think it's cool. I am I'm on board. Dig it. Skyler, are you a Guardian? Uh, of the galaxy, yes. Uh, there it is. Nice. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like I'm probably <laughs> my dumb joke is I thought they should have gone with the Cleveland carries because just the deep cut to Drew Carey and his TV show and Cleveland Rocks. But hey, nice. Pretty sure that nobody would have wanted that. Uh, that is a deep cut, though. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, Guardians. It's fine. I didn't really care what they changed their name to. Uh, I'm in the camp. I didn't like Spiders just because it. It par- it's partly it just sounded weird to me, you know the Cleveland Spiders, and I don't like spiders. Uh, <laughs> that would but, do it. No, it, it, this one, this Guardians one, it sounds more like, you know, just for some reason, sounds like a typical like baseball team name, uh, something along those lines. And so I, I, I think that. it's fine, and it, it's fine. It works with the city and everything. Uh, 
and so it all works out. And oh, I wanted to ask this question and throw it out to you guys: If the Rockies had to change their name, what would you want it to be? Oh, whoa! Uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Shoot. Just do a <laughs> hey, bring just that do back. a flip around of how the Colorado NHL team used to be the Rockies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like that. Uh, boy. The... Okay, hot take, hot take. Colorado Dingers, which I I know people have their opinions about Dinger, but I I always thought that like, yeah, there's no defending that. Uh, never mind. The Forget Denver it. Dinos. Move on. Denver Dinos. You is can not do bad. something with dinosaurs. I think Dingers sounds too much like a minor league team name, like the Amarillo yeah. Sod Poodles. Probably fair. As I said it, I was like, you know what? I'm not as actually good. At, I'm not gonna defend this i do i think denver dinosaur sounds kind of cool actually i'd be okay with it you could keep dinger everybody wins the heart the the heart and soul of the rockies organization the colorado meat packers the colorado meat packers or the uh colorado um uh 14ers potentially what's something you could do with like because colorado has um aerospace and astronautic history what's something you could do with that Colorado Comets. That's not bad. Aviator. The Pilots. <laughs> pilots kind of Flyers. Cool. Yeah. The Aviators. Philly, yeah. but who, who cares about Aviators Philly? Aviators is a um, minor league team right now. Yeah. There's all kinds of cool stuff we could do. Tell us on Twitter. Yeah. Let us know. If you had to change the Colorado Rockies team name to something else, whatever it might be, Colorado, Denver, what is your t- pick? For the Rockies' new team, man. Let us know on Twitter, at Altitude Effect. We want to hear about Two that. Two icebreakers this week. There it is, man. We're killing it. Let's keep it schmoving. So, up next, we did talk about the trades as they relate to the Rockies. We're going to talk real briefly about some trades around the league. The first big move of the week, of the trade deadline, really, as it so rapidly approaches, was Nelson Cruz, big bat, being moved from Minnesota on over to the Rays as they look to beef up their offensive uh, capabilities. Meanwhile, earlier today, again, that's why we do this on Fridays. There's always news on Fridays. Rich Hill just recently moved over to New York. He is joining the Mets rotation. Mets looking up, looking to uh, back up Jacob DeGrom at the front end of their starting pitching. First move of many to come. A quick little breakdown. Nothing too in-depth, but starting with Skyler, any thoughts about these moves? Any other ones you're anticipating? Cubs might be looking to sell pretty soon. Uh, maybe Yankees make, like, looking to make a move. Anything you're, you know on your mind in general about major league baseball and its trade situation. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see, uh, the frenzy that happens. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday and I'm sure there'll be plenty more stuff that happens over the weekend before this episode goes up. Uh, True so that. if you're listening to this on Monday, wow, what a crazy weekend, huh? Uh, <laughs> or man, what a totally boring, nothing happened. Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Editor erase as necessary, <laughs> but it, it's just going to be, Oh, cool to see what some of those big questions. You know, these teams that are kind of on the bubble of are they going to be sellers or are they going to be buyers? And you know, what teams are going to be throwing in the towel for the season and just cleaning house? You know, that's what people are looking mm-hmm. at with the Twins moving uh, the boomstick. And are they going to trade Jose Barrios now? Or, or are they going to yeah. tear it down and punt for 2022 and try to rebuild again? And so th- those will be the interesting stories to see and what happens with the Giants. What do they do to try to stave off the Dodgers and the Padres in the National League West? What's that going to look like with those top three teams and their trade market? 
to kind of define who's going to be the National League West division winner. So I, I think there's plenty of stuff to watch for, uh, but good on the Rays and jumping on the jumping off. I guess I'm not, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but good on them for jumping <laughs> off the mark. There we go. And uh, getting, thing, getting things is. started. They get a great slugger, uh, 41 years old, like or 40, 41 years old. Nelson Cruz, good pickup for them to really help that help that young team. And yeah, this uh, really pushes them over for me in terms of being one of my favorites uh, as contenders because this is a really great move for them. Um, I I like it. It seems like Nelson Cruz was sad to leave Minnesota. Seems like he's really enjoyed yeah. being there. But Minnesota is playing so poorly this year that it was sort of a given, I think, that they were going to be sellers. An interesting buyer that might emerge is the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners, as we talked about last week, are over 500 and competing for a wild card berth. And I saw some rumors today that they were in uh, potentially in talks with the Pirates in acquiring all-star second baseman Adam Frazier. Not too shabby. Mm, that's a good point, too. Yeah, Adam Frazier having a great season. All-star. Um, we saw him play in Denver not too long ago. It would be really cool to see him moved. I do hope Adam Frazier gets moved. I, I really want him to be successful. I'm always big on guys that kind of come out of the woodwork to have really great seasons, more or less out of nowhere. I know he had a decent season last year, too. Do you think – and this is just a quick query before we get to our last little topic here. Um, the Twins, like you guys both mentioned – Barrios potentially moving. Uh, we definitely have Nelson Cruz now moved. Is it time to cut your ties with Buxton? Is it time to go ahead and let him go, or is that too quick a hook? I don't think they trade Buxton. I think he's still got a lot left in him in terms of what he can contribute to the Twins and that he's young enough and that his very extensive injury history kind of limits his trade market because – he unfortunately has a reputation right now of being sort of made of glass. Yes. Yeah. It is unfortunate because I do like his game. Oh, yeah. I love Buxton. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is tough, though, because it's like he is so often hurt. And I and I, obviously I wish nothing but the best for him. I think he's got all the tools. But, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I was just thinking maybe because, like, if the Twins really are not saying that they're going to compete this year, which with the White Sox kind of running rush out of the AL Central, I don't think it's – unfair for them to believe that they might not make it you know how much you will really give up to kind of restart and jump start for hopefully the next few seasons but you never know last little bit of news here we'll jump into baseball is back in the olympics uh this is a pretty cool um deal baseball has not been played in the olympics since 2008 they were not part of the last few olympic ceremonies um so the 2020 summer olympics that'll be taking place in tokyo we are officially going to see Baseball's greatest pastime represented in that competition. The United States baseball team, solid. Um, You know, there's a couple old players, uh, not old players, that's not right, but players that have played in the major leagues that are going to be on that team, which is pretty pretty cool, at least in my mind. I think it's kind of neat to see guys that we, you know, might recognize. Um, Is there anybody that sticks out to you? Is there anything that you're really excited to see, you know, there are some players like David Robertson and Tim Fedorovich. None of these guys are going to be like, you know, all timers, but it's kind of cool to see them represented. So the question I'll ask you guys, Evan, go ahead and start. What do you want out of the USA baseball and really the Olympic baseball experience in general? I want a gold medal, baby. 
bet. Going all the way, huh? I think the United States has one of the older teams. Uh, a lot of our guys are guys who are not playing in the bigs anymore or anything Correct. like that. But I also think we have a very talented team. The main thing I want is just for the games to be fun and entertaining. Because, once again, baseball's on a world stage. And I would like for pe- for baseball to stay in the Olympics. Because one of the major reasons it came back was because Japan loves baseball. But you know, baseball, as much as we love it and as much as some other countries love it, is still not as national as an international pardon me as things like soccer or stuff like that and i would love to have baseball be in the international eye and maybe get baseball some more popularity across the world because there are some countries that baseball is popular and you wouldn't really expect like the netherlands uh and italy and stuff like that but there are plenty of countries that just don't you know really have much to do with baseball and we really only see stuff in the World Baseball Classic. And I would mm-hmm. love to have both the World Baseball Classic and Olympic Baseball be a big thing in terms of international appeal for baseball. And I want Team USA to win the gold medal because, of course, I do. But it's also, of we course. have some really interesting guys. The guy who sticks out to me is Eddie Alvarez who yep. won a silver medal in 2014 for speed skating and now has an opportunity to that? get a medal in baseball, which is really, really cool. Uh, as a real quick aside, Skylar, I got you coming up. For one, World Baseball Classic's amazing. I love the World Baseball Classic. I think it's so cool. I think it's so much fun. Playing baseball a little bit more lightheartedly, but still representing your country. I think it's great. Secondly, real quick, have either of you watched Japanese baseball? Have either of you watched the Nippon Professional League? I love it. I love... Or, let's go Oryx Buffaloes. That's my team. Oryx Buffaloes. I think the NPB is great. It's obviously tough to watch because you have to get up at like 3 in the morning to watch it. Um, but NPB is awesome. If anyone has not seen NPB, plug for NPB. I think they're great. They're super fun. Let's go Buffaloes. Um, Skyler, question in your court one more time. Same thing. What do you want out of this USA baseball team? Uh, I want them to make friends along the way. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like no, that. No, we, we, I, like I want to win. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's hard with the Olympics because it's in the middle of baseball season. And so, yeah, we're not going to get, like, the big-name stars like we did with, you know, the last World, the World Baseball Classic, which some of the most fun baseball I've ever watched – you know, when, when Adam Jones goes and makes that catch in center field you know, to rob Manny Machado you know, to secure one of the victories for, for the USA, you know, I want those kind of moments, and I'm sure it's going to be fantastic competition throughout the tournament because you know, Japan is a great team. The Korean teams are always really good. The Dominican, mm-hmm. Cuba, you know, those, the Latino teams, you know, the Latin teams are really good. And so it's it's going to be fun. Yeah, USA doesn't get all the stars we wish we could have, but it's still cool to see you know, these guys playing not just for the USA, but also for all the other teams uh, and representing their other countries. You know, so it's just fun to see. And you know, hopefully the Rock, not the Rockies. I want the Rockies to win it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. hopefully U.S. The Rockies win the gold medal. That'd be crazy. <laughs> but hopefully the U.S. can... You know, put together some some good highlights and 
pull off some victories. I think they go up against, looks like they're going up against what, Team Israel on the 30th. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun to watch. To Evan's point, there are some former major leaguers here. We got, you know, I mentioned Tim Frodorovich. I mentioned there's Todd Frazier in the infield. There's Bubba Starling out there in the outfield. They've got David Robertson pitching out of the bullpen. They have got uh, Anthony Ghost, former outfielder, now turned pitcher. And then there's also Edwin Jackson, the owner of the record for pitcher or player in Major League Baseball, played on the most teams ever. Uh, fun fact about my dude, Edwin Jackson. I hope he does well. I've always liked this guy. having played for 14 Major League clubs. So, yeah, we'll see how the Team USA does in these 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Either way, I, I do, I'm do. i a World Baseball Classic guy, but it is always awesome having baseball represented on an international stage. Get to see a lot of great players, hopefully some great play. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Evan, you got anything? Uh, another cool player that I wanted to bring up is... Uh, on Team USA is Tampa Bay Rays top prospect pitcher Shane Baz, uh-huh, who I think yes. is one of the younger guys on the team at age 22. Um, Matt Kemp was on the team earlier. I think he dropped out, but he's not he on the yeah. on the team currently. Right. Um, really, even if we don't win, I want to at least medal because it would be such a nice thing. The USA medaled in 2008, the last time baseball was in the Olympics. We took home the bronze. Um, so I would love to get a medal on that. On that 2008 team was uh, former Rocky Dexter Fowler, who was mm. still in Double A with the then Tulsa Drillers Rockies affiliate. That's right. Uh, and Tulsa then the last Driller. thing I wanted to say is uh, no, boo the Oryx Buffaloes, go Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. I'll oh, get out of here. Everyone likes the Ham Fighters, but the Buffaloes—that's where the heart of the NPB lies in them Buffaloes. Because they were terrible for so long. Yeah. Well, you know what. That's that's it's easy to root for an underdog, and that's why I like the Buffaloes. Technically, the Buffaloes are the team of Ichiro because it used to be the Oryx Blue Wave and the Kinsetsu Buffaloes, and then As those if you two, needed another reason to love them. And then those two teams uh, merged, I think, in what the early two thousands after Ichiro had left, because the Blue Wave are no more. Right. So there you go. You learn to listen to a Major League podcast. And you learn about the Aquabats, and you learn about Japanese baseball history a little bit. <laughs> you can never tell us that Affected by Altitude is not good for the educational system. But unfortunately, all things must come to an end, and that does wrap us up for this week. As always, we appreciate you guys so much for listening in. It's a blast for us to get to do this, especially in these really exciting trade deadline times. Man, we're going to have a lot more to talk about as the uh, deadline itself approaches before we go, quick little plug of everybody. Skylar, where can the fans get at you on Twitter? At sideline underscore crowd. Fun stuff. Always good memes coming out of Skylar's account. Evan, yourself? Uh, at Evan underscore Lang 27. And once again, the Affected by Altitude Twitter is at Altitude Effect. Bang. And then myself, at Cormac Battle Pro. Come talk to me about baseball. Talk to me about Nick Gage's debut in All Elite Wrestling. And we'll talk about these trade deadline deals. We'll see what happens, man. Keep an eye on the site. Keep an eye on the Twitter. And we'll just sort of go with the flow until something crazy happens. Thanks, as always, for joining us here by Affected by Altitude. Skyler, hit him with it. Farewell. We'll catch you all next week. Adios. Bye.